Please join me in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. How to win friends and influence people. John? What does the Bible tell us about John the Baptist? There's much that we much more actually about his background that we find in the Gospel of Luke. John the Baptist is from the tribe. It's going to happen? What proof do you expect that angel to give you other than his own presence? Isn't that enough? What happened? He was struck dumb. He could not speak. He was mute for till after the birth of John the Baptist. Why? Had not Abraham and Sarah experienced the same sort of miracle? Hannah, 
was in the temple, excuse me, the tabernacle, crying out to God in such an animated way that God would favor her with a child that Eli, the high priest, thought she was drunk. She's so animated. What are you drinking before you come in and I'm not drunk. I just want my prayer desperately to be heard. You will have what you want. And he's dressed in the sort of garb you might be wearing if you're fleeing from the enemy and you're living out there just trying to survive. And he's got a leather belt around his waist. This is not how people dressed in those days. We look at this, well, there's a real He-Man. No, he's <laughs> real stylish men wore beautiful garments and they went right down to the feet. Men didn't even show their ankles. And they wore nicely woven garments. He's wearing leather garments with a leather belt. He's eating locusts and wild honey. Emphasize wild. It's the honey he can find as he goes through the wilderness. This is the... hand because he does not want to bear the guilt of a, what he knows is innocent man. What did they cry out? Let his blood be on us and on our children. You talk about calling down the judgment of God in your son and they know that Jesus is the Messiah. Don't think they didn't know. But he's interfering. John's lifestyle is portraying Israel in judgment. This is what they can expect if, as a nation, they do not repent. And they didn't. But that's why he's living this way. And what does it say? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is it. And if you read the Hebrew Scriptures, if you read the prophets of the Old Testament, what follows the judgment on Israel?
preceding that kingdom glory is extremely, extremely, extremely rigorous discipline, judgment designed to drive them into the arms of their God. They know that, and he's warning them, repent. You want to escape that? Repent. The word there, repent. And they are coming to him. Why? God is animating all of this. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. He's not walking to the center of Jerusalem where the crowds already are. He's out there in the wilderness, and the crowds are coming to him. That tells you right there that this is God animating the process, that they are coming, they're hearing it, and they're responding, they're hearing it, and they know they need to repent. In Zechariah chapter 12, speaking of the restoration of Israel, it says they will look, they, the Jews who are in Jerusalem, who are about to be slaughtered by the, God's own enemies and their enemies, they will look on me whom they pierced. That's Jesus. And I will pour out on them a spirit of grace and of supplication. We just prayed a few minutes ago for the States of America, what? That a spirit of grace enablement and if supplication of crying out to him would be poured out on us that is mandatory anyone who steps into God's kingdom whether it's part of a massive movement or one at a time the same thing is mandated is required and John the Baptist is crying out to the people repent and many 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 of them are repenting and they're from Jerusalem coming out to the wilderness, Judea coming out to the wilderness, and all the region around. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All of those statements by the Hebrew prophets, our, our forefathers, are being set in motion. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. And why I earlier read Isaiah 40. This is out of Isaiah 40. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way, the road of the Lord, make his path straight, that every, every mountain will be made low and every valley will be lifted up. Folks, that's just a fancy way of saying the bumps will be knocked off the road and the potholes will be filled. Because the job of a herald in the ancient world, let's say you're the, let's say you're the emperor or empress of Pers the Persian Empire, okay? Just bear with me for a minute. Well, you can't inspect your empire all in one year. And so what you do, I'm going to inspect this province over here this next year. You would send word to that province. I'm, you're going to be inspected next year. What do they do? They go out. along or riding in a chariot to be going <laughs> no they want it to be nice and smooth they don't want anything to be there that's going to upset the emperor that we want to be able to prove to him we've been doing our job well the herald's job isn't just to walk 10 feet in front of the emperor or the king and say the emperor is coming no his job is actually to go out and make sure the roads are in good shape that's the job of john the 
he's preaching in a way so that when Jesus comes, the people will automatically be able to say, aha, that's the fellow that John was pointing to. That's the fellow of whom John was the herald. And by the way, what's John's message? Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Jesus comes forward, what's his initial message? Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. The very sort of garb, the very sort of food that somebody who is experiencing judgment would be going through. He's portraying what is awaiting Israel if they should refuse to repent and what, in fact, they experienced because they didn't. When Jesus comes, by the way, there's going to be some dissatisfaction because Jesus is going to be Mr. Party Guy. Jesus is going to go into the homes of the wealthy or, you know, Matthew the tax collector, and he's eating good food he's dressed well why because he's portraying kingdom glory in the kingdom even john the baptist won't be dressed this way john the baptist will also be eating kingdom glory food so john the baptist garb and diet portrays judgment jesus garb and diet portrays god's coming blessing but john is clothed this way then all Jerusalem, then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around him, around the Jordan, went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. That's authentic repentance. Is when people understand. Left to myself. I have no hope. I need to be rescued. I need God to take the initiative. And thank you. The only good God the world knows anything about is this one. And he isn't just good. He does good things. And the most significant good thing he did for a sinful human race is that in the person the second person of the trinity god the son that in in the person of god the son he came he went to the cross he could have backed out what did jesus cry out in the garden of gethsemane if it be possible pass this cup from me nevertheless not my will but yours be done Jesus had to deny his own feelings does that sound familiar whenever we obey God we likewise
trees, our holy God, our holy Father, to be able to forgive us. They were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, last night at the Christian at the uh, Man Church, we talked about baptism, and I made the simple point: the fact is that John the Baptist is a Levite. That's important because one of the jobs of the Levitical priest was, just as a public health issue, let's say talk about. By some miracle of God, that leper was cleansed of his leprosy. He would send, when someone, but he came out to gather manna, he could say to them, would you send a priest out here, please, to inspect me so that I can be welcomed back into the camp? And the priest would come out and inspect this. So it was a testimony to them. Well, John the Baptist, what's the camp that John's talking about? The kingdom of God. And all these people know that they have spiritual leprosy. They are laden with sins. And by the way, leprosy is the only disease in the Bible that its healing is always termed as a cleansing, not as a cure. It's always you're cleansed of your leprosy. And so John the Baptist, a Levitical priest, these people are confessing their sins, crying out to God for mercy, authentic repentance, and he is baptizing them. They're being welcomed into God's kingdom. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They were being baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, you snakes. Now, let me tell you something. Any reader of Matthew's gospel, especially Jewish reader, when they read that, let me tell you, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were not despised. Now, they hated each other. John. 
God, they're hearing what John's preaching and what he's, and they're coming up because they want to be able to check another box. That's the Pharisees' attitude. We are holy. And John is looking at them, and the Sadducees, now the Sadducees and the Pharisees hated each other. They disagreed on a whole lot of things. For example, the Sadducees didn't believe in eternal life. The Sadducees believed when you die, you die like a dog. That's it. That's why Annas and Caiaphas, who were Sadducees and the high priests, they actually thought they could get away with killing the Messiah. They'd never have to face God for it. And as they're at the foot of the cross and Jesus, they're mocking Jesus, what does he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Not that they don't know who I am, they do. Not that they don't know they're mocking me, they do. But the thing that they don't know or are deluded by is the idea that they can get away with it. Father, forgive them because they are governed by delusion. Give them light. And so these Sadducees and the Pharisees come out just to check another box. And John the Baptist points at them and says, you snakes. There's no sense of repentance with them. We don't need to repent. We already got it. God is totally satisfied with us. Aren't you lucky that we're here to bless you with our presence? And John the Baptist says, you snakes. That's not very polite, is it? That's not polite, but it's necessary because they honestly are deluded. And so he calls them snakes, that creature that was used to draw the human race into its sinfulness and crawls around on the ground and is, can't, is not a clean creature. You are as unclean as any human being can be. God, your standard isn't God's standard. God's standard is his own holiness, and you don't have it. So what sounds to us, frankly, folks, there are some people that just need to hear it straight from the shoulder. They need to hear it. When the Holy Spirit comes, John chapter 16, Jesus says the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. There is a hell to flee. And to trust Jesus as your Savior is a, as a fire escape is a really good authentic reason. Don't ever disparage that. It's a good, real Holy Spirit reason. To trust Christ. Back just yesterday, we had a conference here, Tea for Tea, and Chuck Wood, who was leading it, <laughs> he was in the Army for 29 years. And he was in the Airborne, and he was scared to death every time he had to jump out of an airplane because he was afraid of hell. He was afraid he would die and go to hell. And a special forces fellow sat him down and said, I will tell you something that if you do what I say, you won't be afraid to jump out of airplanes anymore. 
and he shared the gospel with him and he entrusted himself to Jesus Christ and he was never afraid to jump out of an airplane again. The fear of hell is what drove him to welcome God's mercy and grace. You snakes! He's driving them to repentance. And of course, the Apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus, was a Pharisee. He's the primary Pharisee, Pharisee testimony that we have. What did Jesus do with him? He smacked him down outside the walls of Damascus. And he repented. But it took a direct intervention by Jesus to make that happen. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. We've checked off the Abraham box. That's the most important box. No. We have Abraham as our father, for I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Get out of here. Abraham has had lots of sons that weren't exactly admirable people. That's not, a, that's not in a significant box. And even now, the axe is laid to the root of the tree. table to Peter who then said you can't do that what are you doing stop it you're humiliating I'm not worthy to do the most menial task I, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Both the Holy Spirit, water, wind, and fire are all emblems of the Holy Spirit. They're all cleansing agents. The water that comes from above is rain cleanses. The wind that comes from above cleanses. That's why they would build the threshing floors for their grain harvest on the hilltops. So they get as much rain, or excuse me, as much wind as they could to help blow the chaff away as they're walking the oxen around on the grain and they're separating the chaff from the, the grain itself from the wheat. Then the wind would carry that very, very light chaff away. But if that wasn't sufficient, they had winnowing fans and they would 
fan this to blow the chaff out of the grain. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then they would burn the chaff. You don't want the fire baptism. That's called the lake of fire. It's called hell. It's a real threat. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You don't want the fire cleansing. The Holy Spirit cleansing is what you want, where he steps in and steps you into right relationship with Jesus Christ and then enables you to walk in, a way, in the ways of holiness before your Holy Father. His, the Messiah's winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly cleanse, clean out his threshing floor, gather his wheat into the barn, and then what? But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. With unquenchable fire. It won't end. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not a very pleasant picture, is it? But it's real. And that is why it is, please do not hesitate to share the gospel of God's mercy with people. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and he has recruited each and every one of us just as he recruited John the Baptist he's recruited each